Over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of dive in and, uh, and we're going to talk about releasing the power of praise and worship. How many know there's power in praise and worship? How many know that when we come together and celebrate who Jesus is, unbelievable, amazing things begin to happen. So we're going to take about three weeks and we're going to kind of talk about that. And CJ was trying to preach my sermon this morning. Didn't he do a great job? Amen. We're going to talk next week about what does it mean to lick the hand of Jesus. That's actually, that, that's, that's biblical, guys. We're going to see that now. Be kind of weird didn't think about it. But anyway, we're going to talk about it next Sunday. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about praise. And, 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 and I, want us to, I want to answer three questions this morning about the power of praise. Uh, I, want, I want to talk about what is praise. I want to talk about how do we praise and then I want to talk about why we should praise God, all right? So we're going to talk about those three things this morning. Let's look at that first point on your outline. What is praise? Let's talk about that. Praise is an external or it is an outward expression of adoration, celebration, and thanksgiving to God. Praise is an outward expression of adoration, celebration, and thanksgiving to God. It is an outward expression. How many of you have kids? Anybody have kids or grandkids? All right, any of you young people want to have kids one day? All right, there we go. I want to get all the hands up. All right, so uh, I want you to think about this. How many of you have ever had your kid do something really good? You ever had your kid do something good? All right. How many of you have ever had them do something not? No, I'm just kidding. So all right, so they did something good, right? They all did something good. And you think in your mind, right, you think, man, I'm so proud of them. They made all A's or they brought their grades up or they cleaned their room or they, they did something, you know, just something really exciting. And how many of you understand that you can think you are proud of your kid and you can think they're the greatest kid on the planet and you can think, man, they are so awesome and I'm so blessed to have them as my child. But until you open your mouth and express it, it never becomes praise. Praise is an outward expression. See, I meet people all the time that say, well, Pastor Keith, I'm jumping up and down on the inside. That's not praise. See, praise is not what you think about God. Praise is not your meditations on God. Praise is not what's happening emotionally, internally, in your heart about God. Praise is an outward expression. And if it doesn't come out, it's not praise. So let me give you a scripture. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 says, Therefore let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Now look at this. Proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Praise is a proclamation of allegiance to Jesus Christ. King James says the fruit of our lips giving thanks to God. So praise has to be an external expression. So if you're going to praise God, guess what you got to do? You got to open your mouth. You got to move your body. You actually have to have some kind of expression in order to be praising and glorifying God. Now let me ask you a question. Next Saturday or this coming Saturday is, uh, is what for all you guys? What's Saturday? Football, right? How many Alabama fans? How many Auburn fans? How many of you don't care? <laughs> all right. 
I was thinking about this this week and I had this little thought. Praise is the proclamation of our allegiance to his name. You ever watch the football game on TV or maybe been to the football game and you see the guy, you know, and his face is red and white and he's painted from head to toe or he's orange and blue, right? You know, and you look at that guy. You know what you never think about that guy? You never wonder what team he's for. You may look at that guy and you may say, you know what, he is crazy as crazy can be. But you never wonder where his allegiance lies. See, next Saturday, some of you will scream and yell and hoop and holler for your team. And everybody in the room, maybe on your city block, will know where your allegiance is. But how many people know where your allegiance is when it comes to God? See, praise declares our allegiance. Where your allegiance is, is where your praise is, right? And if you're an Alabama fan, you'll yell Roll Tide. If you're an Auburn fan, you'll yell War Eagle, right? And the reality is, is what you're doing, every time you cheer for your team, you are declaring publicly where your allegiance is. And then we come to church. That's what we ought to be doing. Jesus rocks, right? I mean, think about it. We will scream and shout. We'll go to the football game. We'll cheer for our kids on the t-ball field. I mean, you know, they're not even keeping score and you're screaming your head off, right? I mean, it is crazy what we will yell for, what we will cheer for, what we will shout for. And I just want you to understand that praise is an external expression. You cannot praise God and do nothing. It requires an expression of adoration, celebration, and thanksgiving. And you don't have to praise like I praise, and I don't have to praise like you praise for us to praise. But it does require that something comes out of our lives. It's got to be more than just thinking thoughts of, God, I really love you. It's got to be a proclamation that comes out of our mouth. So praise is simply an external expression of our adoration for God. Now let's talk about how do we praise God. This is really great. The Bible actually tells us a whole lot about how we praise God. And as we're going to learn over the next few weeks, praise has a lot to do with music and worship has nothing to do with music. We're going to learn that over the next few weeks. Praise has a lot to do with music. Worship has nothing to do with music. And we're going to learn some exciting things about praise and worship over the next few weeks. But today, let's talk about praise. So how do we praise God? We praise God with music. Did that pretty good this morning, right? Praise God with singing. Praise God with shouting. We praise God with dancing. We praise God with clapping. We praise God with lifting our hands to Him. And there's probably a thousand other expressions that you could use. But these are just some examples from the Bible. Right, I'm going to read a bunch of scripture to you. They're going to put it on the screen. We're going to go quick, okay? You guys ready? Here we go. Psalm 7, David said, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Psalms 9, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise your name, O Most High. Psalms 22, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly, right? This is the ecclesia, right? We learn that, the assembly together, the body of Christ. I will praise God in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. Psalms 28, 
The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and my song, and with my song, I will praise Him. Psalms 30, sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. Psalms 33, praise the Lord with the harp, and make melody to Him with an instrument of ten strings. Psalm 69, I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Psalm 71, I also also with the lute, I will praise you and your faithfulness. O oh my God, to you I will sing with the harp, O Holy One of Israel. Psalms 111. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Psalms 149. Let them praise his name with dance. Let them sing praises to him with the temple and the harp. Psalm 63. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands to your name. Psalms 134. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Psalms 150. Here it is, last few verses. I will praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His, in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flute. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. The drummers love that, right, Jeremy? And let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are commanded over and over and over and over and over in Scripture to praise God. Praise is actually, actually a command that God gives us. He commands us to praise the Lord. And he says, how do you praise God? Well, David gave us a bunch of ways to praise God, right? We can praise God if we go back to our point on the screen. We can praise God with music. We can praise God with singing. We can praise God with clapping. We can praise God with shouting. We can praise God with, with dance. We can praise God in so many different ways. But the one thing I want you to see is the common denominator between all of those things. They are all outward expressions. Praise does not happen quietly or privately. Praise happens through the expression of our heart being lifted up to God. Now let me just say this to you today. I don't believe we have to be weird about praising God. As a matter of fact, I believe every day of your life we ought to be praising God. Every day on your job, you ought to be boldly declaring where your allegiance lies. And it really is as simple as this. When the thing you've been working on for three weeks that hadn't worked all of a sudden comes together in five minutes, you can say, praise God. Right? When, when the contract comes through that y'all been praying to come through for the last three months, you can say, praise God. When you finish the job you've been working on and dreading to get through, you can say, praise God. When you make the sale you've been trying to make, you can say, praise God. Just little bitty simple things. You don't have to be weird. You don't have to be goofy. You don't have to tote your Bible around and wave it way in the air and say, praise God. No, you can just praise God. You can do that. Let me pick on Glenn. Glenn's right over here. Glenn, wave at everybody real quick. Y'all don't know who Glenn. He's the craziest guy I know. And uh, Glenn is really awesome. And Glenn used to mow my yard. And I was in my kitchen one day, I was, I was over the sink doing something one day, Glenn was out back, he was weed eating my yard, he had no clue I was watching him, he's out there, he's weed eating, he's just going along weed eating, all of a sudden he just stops and he goes, whoa, <laughs> praising Jesus. I bet you if you followed him around every day of your life, every day of his life, you would see real praise happen on a regular basis, right? 
Because praise doesn't have to be weird. Praise doesn't have to be crazy. Praise doesn't have to be about drawing attention to yourself because actually praise is about drawing attention to God. Amen? But let me, let me give you a thought. So how do we praise God? A lot of different ways. And so part of the reason we're doing what we're doing in our worship services is we want to create multiple ways for people to praise God. Because you know what? You don't like every song and you don't like every style of song. But there are some songs when you sing them, you're like, whoo, right? And there's other songs when you sing them, you're like, go the next one. Some songs resonate with who you are and where you've come from, and some songs don't. Nothing wrong with a song. Just different songs and different styles of songs connect with different people. So what would happen if we could create a place where every person that walked through the door of this church found a sound and a song that resonated in their heart that enabled them to praise God without reservation or hesitation? Wouldn't that be amazing? Amen. Now let me give you a a thought about praise. This is not on the screen, not on your outline, but I want to just read this to you. Uh, And I want to just give you a simple thought. Number one, not my number one, here it is. Do not despise praise. And never become critical of other people's praise. Do not despise praise and never become critical of other people's praise. I want to give you a scripture. It's found in 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 6. It's the story of King David. And King David is bringing the ark of God back to Jerusalem. And they are excited. David is so excited that every time they take six steps, they stop and sacrifice an animal. Six steps. Every time they take six paces, they stop, and David sacrifices an animal unto God as an act of praise and worship to the Lord. And so when they come into the city... And they finally make it to where they're going to put the ark of God. The Bible says this about King David. Verse 14, And David danced before the Lord with all of his might, wearing a priestly garment. Now that would be kind of like a modern day kilt. Is that saying that right? Kilt? Kilt? What is it? Kilt. There we go. That's what it is. So David had this kilt on. It looked like a man dress, right? A man skirt kind of thing. And so he is dancing like a wild man, right? And he is not thinking about who's watching or who's looking or any of that stuff. All he knows is that the ark of God had not been in the house of the Lord. And now it was in the city of the Lord, the city of God. And he said, man, we're having a party and we are dancing and we are celebrating. And the Bible says this in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20. It says, then when David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, which was one of his wives, came out to meet him. She said and discussed how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like a vulgar person would do. And David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as a leader of Israel and the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Verse 23 is a key verse. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. I want to give you a word this morning. 
When you become critical or judgmental of somebody else's praise, it won't be long before you will become spiritually barren. See, a lot of times, I was thinking about this this week, praying through it, and, and I've heard people say, well, I just don't like the way they dance. And I heard, this is what I heard the Lord say. As a matter of fact, this is really how I heard it in my head. God talks to you all in your head? All right, he talks to me in my head a whole lot. So I'm having this conversation in my head with the Lord. and So I'm talking to God, and the Lord says, uh, you know, there are some people that say they're offended by the way somebody dances. But God said, I'm offended because you don't dance. Some people say, well, I'm offended by the way they shout. And God says, I'm offended because you never shout. Well, I'm offended by the way they sing. God says, I'm offended because you never sing. You sing the songs of the devil. You sing country music and rock music, but you can't sing Christian music. Right? You'll praise, you'll shout for your football team, but you won't shout for me. You'll dance when Alabama scores a touchdown, and you'll never lift a leg for the King of kings and Lord of lords. And God said... God said religious people are offended by people that praise, but I'm offended by religious people who don't praise. Never be critical of somebody else's praise. Number one, you don't know where they've been. Number two, you don't know what they've come through. And number three, they're not dancing for you anyway. And if they get out of order, we'll handle it. I like order. If they get out of order, we'll handle it. But that'll be God's job and the leader's job. Your job and my job is to praise the Lord. Amen? So never become critical. Critical people, when you become critical of other people's praise, you become barren. Because when you disconnect from praise, you disconnect from the presence of God. You disconnect from the power of God to change not only other people's lives, but to see your life changed by God's presence. Amen? So never be critical of praise. Let me give you one last thought. So why should we praise God? What is praise? Praise is an outward expression. How do we praise? A lot of different ways, right? Why should we praise? Number one, because God is worthy of praise. Why should we praise God? Because God is is worthy of praise. I'm going to give you two scriptures, not on the screen. You ought to bring your Bible to church, shouldn't you? Revelations 4.11 says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. You were created by God, and you were created for God. Why should you praise God? Because God's worthy of praise. He is your creator. He created you. He made you. He formed you. He fashioned you. He breathed life into you. You were created by him and you were created for him. We should praise God. If God never did anything else for us, we should spend the rest of our lives praising God because he is worthy of praise. He is our creator. Psalms 5 verse 9, or not Psalms, Revelations 5 verse 9. It says, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your own blood. And out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Why should we praise God? Because he's worthy of praise. He shed his blood for you and me.
He redeemed us and purchased us and brought us back into a right relationship with God. Why should we praise God? He's worthy. Right? God's worthy. I'm just going to tell you, Alabama and Auburn ain't worthy of your praise. God's worthy of your praise. God's worthy of your shout. God's worthy of your song. God's worthy of your dance. God's worthy of your hands. If the only time you lift your hands when you say touchdown, you need to get a new attitude of praise. Amen? God is worthy of your praise. He created you and he redeemed me and you from our sin by his own blood. Now let me look at Psalms 22 with you. Psalms chapter 22. Let me give you this real quick. Every scripture has at least three points of interpretation. At least three. They have a literal interpretation and then every scripture has the potential to have a prophetic interpretation and then there's a personal interpretation where that scripture applies to your life. So there's a literal, there's a prophetic, and there's a personal. So every time as you read your Bible, you understand that the Word of God has a literal meaning. It has a prophetic meaning. Many times it speaks prophetically of things to come. And then it also has a personal meaning where God can quicken that Scripture to your heart or teach, take the principle of that Scripture and apply it to your life. So we're going to look at Psalms 22. Psalms 22, David is writing and David says, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me and why are you so far away when I groan for help. If you've ever read the New Testament or heard the Easter story, you may have heard Jesus say something like this on the cross, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Most people did not know Jesus was actually quoting King David in Psalms 22. It's called the Psalm of the Cross, by the way. But David, when David wrote Psalms 22, David was not only writing prophetically of what was going to come through Christ, but David was writing personally. There was a literal meaning to this psalm. He was actually going through trials and tribulation and trouble in his life. And I want you to see this. So he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you did not answer. Every night you hear my voice but I find no relief. Have you ever been there? You ever been in that place where you're crying out to God and you're crying out to God and you're praying and you're praying and you're crying out to God and it seems like nothing's, nothing's happening, God's not listening, God's not answering, nothing is changing. Over and over you're crying out. Look what David said. Every day, every night, day and night, David said, God, I'm crying out to you. And still there's no relief and nothing's changed and nothing's happening. But in verse 3, David says this. He says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. That word enthroned there is a pretty accurate translation. That's literally how NLT interprets it. King James says, thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. God inhabits praise. God is enthroned upon the praises of of his people. So David is praying and crying and wailing out to God for relief, for intervention, for God's supernatural power. And David said, God, I'm crying, I'm praying, and nothing's happening. He says, But yet, Lord, you are holy. Look at verse 4 and 5. He says, And our ancestors trusted in you and were rescued, and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. So let's go back to that screen in front of us. That 
previous screen. Thou art holy, David said. Why should you praise God? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. And God's presence changes everything. Now, the word manifest, if we'll go back to your point on your outline, let's look at that real quick. Why should you praise God? Because God, praise invites the manifest presence of God into your life. What do I mean by manifest presence? Manifest presence, I mean when God's presence is manifested in a way that it becomes touchable, tangible, and transformational. What happened in the altar this morning was the manifest presence of God. When people get saved and set free and chains of bondage are broken, you know what that is? That is the manifest presence of God. God is showing up and showing out in people's lives. Praise invites God's manifest presence. Praise invites God to show up in a tangible way that changes not just circumstance, but changes your heart and your life. And so why should we praise God? Because God inhabits the praises of his people and his presence changes everything. Now let me give you just a real simple thought. Sometimes praise will work when prayer won't. Sometimes praise will work when prayer won't. Now I'm not saying prayer doesn't work. But let me tell you what happens. Psalms 22, David said, God, I cried out to you in my anguish and in my distress. I lifted my cries to you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here's the problem with our prayers sometimes. Our prayers don't get answered because in our agony, we declare our distress, but we lack faith to see God move. And God does not respond to need, God responds to faith. And so if you don't have faith, you can tell God, because I mean think about our prayers many times. Like David, we cry out and we tell God how bad it is. And then we get up tomorrow morning and we tell God how bad it is. And we go to bed tonight and we tell God how bad it is. And we get up tomorrow morning and we tell God how bad it is. And we go to bed and we tell God how bad it is. And we continually, continually tell God how big our problems are. But we lack the faith to see God change our lives. So our prayers are prayed with great anguish and agony because sometimes you hurt so bad, right? You ever been there? Where you hurt so bad, all you can do almost is cry in anguish. Now the problem with prayers that lack faith is that they don't get answered. That's why you need praise. Because when I lack faith to see my prayers answered, you know what I can do? I can praise God in spite of my circumstance. I can praise God in spite of my sorrow. I can praise God in spite of my grief. And it may just be as simple as saying, God, I just want to praise you. Most of you know mine and Kelly's story. She battled through 10 years of severe depression and and we went through a lot of challenges and difficulties and there were some some days where it was overwhelming. And one day that I remember in particular was was a day we were in the middle of the battle and I was at work and my boss had asked me to go to Birmingham to pick up some supplies for, uh, I worked selling carpet to go pick up some carpet pad. And 
right before I left, Kelly called. It was before cell phones and all the great technology we have today. And she called me up and she said, Keith, she said, I really need you to come home. I'm really struggling. I'm having suicidal thoughts and I'm just overwhelmed in my mind and I need you to come home today. And immediately the Holy Spirit said, don't go home. Don't go home. I said, baby, I can't come home. I'm sorry. I got, I got, to, I got to work. So I hung up the phone and I got in the car, truck, and I headed to Birmingham. And I mean, all hell broke loose in my mind. The devil began to tell me, man, you're going to get home today and she's going to be dead and it's going to be all your fault. Because she called you and she asked for help and you refused to help her and she's going to be dead and it's going to be all your fault and it's all going to be at your feet. You're going to bury your wife this weekend. And man, I'm telling you, the weight of that burden was just overwhelming my mind. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of a sermon that I'd heard. I'm a preacher. I like sermons, right? So isn't that interesting? He reminded me of a sermon I heard by John Hagee. John Hagee told a little of his testimony one day and talked about early on in the ministry. He had moved, left everything that he had to go pastor a church. He said, I'd moved in to start pastoring this church. He said, I didn't even have a house to live in yet. I was living in, in somebody's garage and I was sleeping on a cot in their garage. He said, it didn't take long in a matter of, I don't remember, weeks or a few months he said, and man, things went south. And he said, I remember coming back to that garage, sitting on that cot, and everything had just fallen apart. He said, I'd lost the church. I had made all these sacrifices. Nothing worked. Everything fell apart. He said, I remember sitting there, overwhelmed, thinking, God, I did all this because I thought I was following you. He said, the Holy Spirit quickened in his heart and the Lord spoke to me and said, just praise me. So John Hagee said, I got off that cot and I knelt down beside it. He said, I just lifted my hands to heaven and he said, I said, God, I just want to praise you. He said, as I lifted my hands and, and just said those simple words, he said, the presence of God filled that carport where I was at or that garage where I was. He said, and though nothing changed about my circumstances, he said, everything changed in me. And he said, I got up from that place of praise knowing that God was going to work it all out. And so I was driving down the road that day and the Lord reminded me of that story. And so with one hand on the wheel, I lifted the other hand to heaven and I said, God, I just want to praise you. And I think all of heaven crawled in the cab of that truck that day. God's presence filled the cab of that truck as I was driving down the road. And His peace just saturated my heart. And it wasn't very long where I went from praising God to praying, not no puny prayer of, oh God, how bad it is. Man, I began to war in the Spirit for my wife. And I began to declare who God was over her. And I began to declare the dominion of God, the power of God, the authority of God. And I began to take authority over every work of the enemy that had come against our family. And God just filled that cab with His presence. And everything changed, even though nothing changed. 
But the fruit of that one encounter has marked my life forever. And when I'm in a bad place and I'm having a bad day or I'm struggling through challenges in life, I've learned just to get alone, get on my knees, and say, God, I'm just going to praise you. I'm just going to praise you. And every time you praise God, when your prayers won't work, your praise will break through. And praise will invite the presence of God to come into your life, into your circumstance, into your situation in a way that nothing else can do it. Why should we praise God? He is worthy of our praise. And praise invites Him to come.